Welcome to the Punch Like a Girl podcast. I'm Nathaniel. I'm Liz. I'm Juliana. Yes, we have a guest for this one. Um, and if you're joining us for the first time, quick rundown of the premise, we go through graphic novels or trade paperback collections with female protagonists. No restrictions on genres. We cover all things. And this time, it is volume one of The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, um, which this volume goes by the name of Squirrel Power. This, yeah, this is one I think we've all been looking forward to. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, now, if, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have an idea who I am. Probably know who Liz is. Juliana, you're new. Um, do you want to share anything about yourself, particularly in terms of, you know, your interest in comic books or graphic novels, how long you've had it, what you tend to gravitate towards? Sure. Uh, I've been into comics as long as I can remember. I like, um, I'm an artist, and um, <laughs> when I was in high school and before that, I actually had this harebrained plan that I would learn Japanese and go to Japan and become a manga artist. <laughs> um, and I got halfway there, I learned the Japanese, and I went to Japan, and I did some workshops at Mangojuku and studied with some professionals out there and realized, wow, writing comics is really lonely business. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could handle that. Um, at least the way that they, you know, talked about how you would have to break into the business there. And so I thought, why don't I work on some other stuff? And so I canned that plan, but I have made my own comics a little bit. I like to do zines. Um, obviously, I'm into manga a lot, um, but when I was really young, I used to read a lot of comics, like Disney comics, and I, uh, it was the 90s when I was young, so we watched a lot of X-Men and, like, superhero shows on TV and, like, the, um, Super Friends and stuff like that, so, um, I love comics and I like comic book heroes, and I'm excited that there seems to be this big push to have by Marvel and um, other companies to have more like women in comics, which has been sort of a sticking point for me about American comics. Anyway, I could talk about this forever. So. Yes. Well, since we are here to talk specifically Squirrel Girl, this was new to you. You hadn't picked this up before we handed nope. it to you. Nope. Yeah. It was really nice, and I'll, yeah, um, I had heard about it because um, somebody who has worked in the game industry as an artist um, was some friends of mine, and who studied with some other friends of mine was the main lead artist for it, so I'd been meaning to pick it up and hadn't yet. I'm well, glad. There we go. And before we get into the synopsis, which will be vague, it usually is, but as we talk details, it may get slightly into spoilers. We kind of usually feel that with the graphic with the uh with the trade paperback collections the spoilers are just gonna kind of happen because i mean if we ever come back and do a second volume we're gonna have to refer to this stuff anyways but yeah. just if you feel that this is something you need to read cold and you don't want spoiled maybe come back to this one after you've read it but otherwise stick around so credits on this it was written by ryan north uh, Erica Henderson was the artist. There's separate art credits for trading card art. We'll explain that later. Those are for Maris Wicks, Kyle Starks, and Chris uh, Giruso. The color artist was Rico Renzi. VCs Clayton Cowles was the letterer. 
Uh, cover art was also by Erica Henderson. Uh, John Moisson and Jake Thomas were the assistant editors. Will Moss was the editor. Tom Brevoort, uh, yeah, I guess so, was the executive editor. There are way more credits when we do comic book trade paperbacks than when we do the graphic novels. Yeah. <laughs> Those are usually just writer and artist. Oh, it gets complicated. So Squirrel Girl is about exactly who it sounds like. It is about a superhero called Squirrel Girl and uh, also known as Doreen and she has a great big bushy tail and she has buck teeth and she fights crime because it's fun <laughs> and you know she has fun because it opens with her singing her own theme song to the tune of the old uh, Spider-Man cartoon theme song <laughs> as, as she attacks some muggers um, so we're introduced to her. She has, uh, she can also speak to squirrels. She has her favorite squirrel who hangs out with her, uh, who's named Tippy Toe, who is easily identified <laughs> because she has a little pink bow. Um, but she is packing up and and moving uh, out of Avengers Mansion because she has been an Avenger at various points, and she's actually going to college. Um, and so she moves in. She meets her roommate and. Then it's sort of a, a series of shenanigans occur as she realizes she's going to want to try and hide her superheroing from her new roommate. Um, she has a run-in with longtime Spider-Man foe Craven the Hunter, which does not go well for Craven. As you may have guessed from the title, the unbeatable Squirrel Girl, she she does pretty well for herself in a fight, and she doesn't have too many issues. Um, and that's a fairly self-contained story. Then the next issue, which is also part of the same volume, she goes to... Yes, oh, I haven't been in college for too long. It's not a convention. It's the... I think they call it it's orientation. Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. She goes to the, the club, club fair, fair to, you know, to help encourage her roommate, who's a little bit of a shut-in, I guess, um, to go bit. and make some friends. Besides her cat. <laughs> she also meets that, that cute boy she likes, though, yep. too, and that's very exciting for her. So yeah. so there is a bit of sort of high school, early college level boy. Um, it's not even drama, but, you know, there's there's some crushing. There's some, there's some cuteness. And then she realizes that Galactus, um, the, the famed world devourer, best known for his appearance in the Fantastic Four, is on his way to Earth and is about to eat the planet. And nobody else has noticed this. And she doesn't have time to, or at least she doesn't think, she has time to assemble anyone to help. So what she does instead is break into Stark Tower and steal a whole bunch of Iron Man pieces to assemble her own squirrel suit. <laughs> there is also a squirrel suit for Tippy Toe, yes. which is adorable. It's the best. It's just a head with four little legs and a, tail. and a tail appendage. It looks like one of those tripods that you set up your camera on with a giant Iron Man head. It's adorable. So, Doreen, well, first she has a run in with Whiplash, who is a um, longtime Iron Man foe who. It's been a little while since I read it. I think mistakes are for Iron Man, despite the fact that she's got a big bushy yes. mechanical tail. Yes, exactly. Um, That's so exactly she happens. she deals with him before going off to uh, confront Galactus, and it is oh I'm sorry no there's another interlude before that. She puts together to in order to stop a bank robbery because she doesn't have time to deal with it. She calls together squirrels, makes an actual 
squirrel suit, like completely encases herself in squirrels. Yep. <laughs> and stops the robbers and then leaves the suit. So the suit is still standing and walking around this mobile thing of squirrels. And but she leaves <laughs> to go and deal with Galactus, who she basically just kind of talks out of eating the planet. That's what she tends to do. That's what I she like about this She kind of talks them down, yeah. She, she talks kinda... everybody out of everything. <laughs> She's, I like that too. She really just kind of outsmarts all the villains. It's not like sheer force or strength, which she obviously has lots of that, but she's like, Okay, these are these are some really strong. These, this is the devourer of worlds. Yes, I'm gonna have to probably distract him, find something else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and this is very much in keeping with her first appearance, which is actually added in uh, at the very end as kind of a bonus. And actually, we'll we'll come back to that and we'll talk that separately. Um, but yeah, overall thoughts on this on the first chunk of the volume which i guess is it's three maybe it's four issues i don't know <laughs> it's right in front of me i could find that out but i'm not gonna it's it's so much fun she's just a lot of fun she's adorable she's she's just bursting with enthusiasm she talks to squirrels um i mean do you really like she talks to squirrels and sings her own theme song and that should tell you a lot right there yeah they make an effort too she's also super smart and she's into computer science which is helps her like hack into tony stark's everything um i mean aside from her like convincing tony stark um in the last issue there where she's introduced from a long time ago yep um she just convinces everybody to make friends with her and she's just a really uh, fun and friendly character and it's not all about brute force which is exciting <laughs> to me even though she does talk about kicking people's butts and eating and, nuts and crushing nuts and <laughs> stuff like that so and she does <laughs> kick some butt but all the all the people she most soundly takes out are kind of very low level like the like the, the, muggers. the muggers and the bank yeah. robbers so i mean she gets her chance at action but she's not um like i it's fine this hadn't even occurred to me and it's certainly never an argument i would have made but when you, <laughs> you when you mentioned her computer science and her hacking into tony's um systems i did think <laughs> crap would would people who felt uppity about such things consider her to be a Mary Sue because she can do these things. But then it could be, well, no, because she's, she she can't do She has a skill set that she works with and gets her there. But if she was also single-handedly, like, punching out Galactus, then yes, yeah. you can make that argument. But she she, she is using... talks him out of anything Yeah, she's using of. different skill sets in different situations. Mm -hmm. And it's, she's not just dominating everything. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, also, she... Uh, you know, when she, Tony Stark tells her, go to school, kid. You're really young. You can't be my partner. Sorry, guys. Spoilers. Um, so it's not, and she's 14 at the time. And so now in, in this new version of the comic, she's in college studying computer science, probably because she got really influenced by, you know, her like excitement about working with Tony Stark and that sort of thing. So I don't, you know, it's a, like a character development tool. I don't think it's completely out of the, out of bounds to think that she is into Tony Stark's like technology and she's into computers because she wants to get like involved with that more. 
So, yeah. Well, since you you brought smart it up, cookie. Yep. I'll I'll, <laughs> she is I'll sort of quickly summarize the the added on story, which is from her very first appearance, which was back in 1991, the Marvel Superheroes Winter Special, um, which when you see it and you open it, immediately looks odd. Mm. Um, and the reason is is because it's actually plotted, penciled, and inked by Steve Ditko who was the original artist on Amazing Spider-Man, like back in the 60s. So it's very, it, and, th and this, was 90, this was 91. This was when comics were getting real, this was Rob Liefeld on X-Force and Spawn, and, or Spawn was just around the corner. And were those th like Marvel Masterpiece card trading cards out then? Those, that would have been around this time. Yeah. Everything was really big muscles and, and over-designed. I was obsessed with those. It was, it was a cool time for comics. <laughs> and, but that, that was the environment in which this little story of <clears throat> drawn in this very retro style <laughs> yes of this girl with this big bushy tail basically pestering tony stark yeah to let her be an avenger and then ultimately beating doctor doom by overwhelming him with squirrels <laughs> yep so she she has she began as she means to go on just this very using this bizarre skill set she has to to deal with problems that she should she has no business taking on. She doesn't just beat Doctor Doom. She like beats Doctor Doom in order to save Tony Stark cuz Tony completely got <laughs> Iron Man completely got like beamed up to Doctor Doom's ship. Well, Doom so, Doom knows Iron Man. Yeah. Doom knows how to handle <laughs> Iron Man. He does not know how to handle no. That's Brother. the thing is that none of these villains really they're like what are you? You're what just, what do we do with you? Like we what's have with no the tail. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so cute? Also Wait, are those ears detachable? Is that a headband? <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. I like that she stuffs her tail. They even mention it in that first comic in that like retro comic about how like she has to stuff her tail in her jeans. Mhm. Mm so that big butt thing is happening. Yeah, it's, it's very body positive. Very she nice. loves it. She like she's very proud of her, her booty, her squirrel booty. Yeah, yep, there's 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 some great visual <laughs> gags early on with with just how, I mean it's it's not exactly a tiny backside in the first place, but how bigger how much bigger it gets when she's stuffing her <laughs> tail in the back of her pants. So every day she's bustling, man. <laughs> oh, by the way, I really love. There's something really wacky about this comic series that reminds me of um, Mad Men. Like, I don't know what it is. I haven't put my finger quite on it yet, but like, of all the comic book hero stuff um, in the early 90s or like that time, I was into Mad Men <laughs> and The Tick. And this reminds me of the like sort of spirit and humor of that stuff a lot. What do you think about that? It, it kind of has that vibe, and, and it's one of the things that I try not to get on this kick on podcast mm. so much if I can help it, but it's, it's one of the reasons I like Marvel better than DC these days, mm -hmm. because DC is very big on an across-the-line consistent branding and tone of everything. Oh, yeah. Whereas Marvel um, has felt much freer to go on little tangents with some of its more offbeat or unusual <laughs> books. And I mean, because the other thing that we haven't mentioned too much specifically is the art, because it's not <laughs> typical superhero art at really? all. 
No, not not for these days. I mean, it's oh. it's consistent in terms of the design. Mm -hmm. Everything's consistent on the design and the characters, but it's <laughs> it's more what you'd expect to find on a web comic or somebody's self-published. Yeah, I guess. I mean, there's a lot of I read a lot of like indie comics, right? And so I'm sort of more used to this style. It's, it's in that vein. It's not it's not typical superhero <laughs> fare even today. Um, and I do like it. There is, and this is, oh boy, this is going to be petty. Miss Marvel's kind of like that too, though. It, which is on the docket, and we're going to get, we're awesome, going to get yeah. to her. Mm. Um, but there's like, there's one tiny thing about the art that happens frequently <laughs> that that bugs me, and this is going to sound petty, uh -huh. but there's basically this kind of upper lip curl. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, snarl. I don't completely dislike it, but, and when it is a snarl, that's one thing. Except it, it tends to happen. On Almost every time um, she opens her she mouth opens, really wide. <laughs> she opens her mouth more than in sort of this small fashion and it I don't know just something about it maybe it has to do with her teeth I mean it, I, it, yeah. it makes sense and I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad decision but it just it happened so often that I eventually became like is she trying to do an Elvis impersonation Dude, when she talk? I don't know <laughs> You know what's funny it, is now that I'm seeing it, it does happen a lot. Like he's going through page by page and being like, "Look here, look here." <laughs> it does. They kind of so for the Marvel Puzzle Quest game, which I was obsessed with for like about two years. <laughs> I still play that. It's freaking awesome! I love that game. I just I upgraded my phone, and it just won't like like my old phone that I used to play it on like can't even update anymore so i can't up like bring my account over to my new phone so i just stopped playing but squirrel girl's in that game and she has the snarl even though they have like a they did a different art pass on her so i i don't know i find it endearing because she was one of my favorite like her and deadpool and like probably storm <laughs> but she would always make that face and so i think it's it's funny seeing it in this comic too it's interesting that you guys are not digging this <laughs> I, I think for me it's just the frequency of use mm -hmm. so like when she's jumping out on, and you know at the muggers or whatever I'm like cool awesome but then she's just walking down the street talking to her roommate Nancy and there it is again and I'm like why is the upper lip curl happening on I don't know that um, might be one of the charms of this though because they're not trying to make everybody look like wicked pretty and no, no it's, it's <laughs> she's not she's not a stereotypically busty <laughs> beautiful like superhero she's you know she's kind of an awkward dorky college girl yeah. <laughs> and i really relate to that yeah we relate to this yeah we yeah. do <laughs> thank um, you squirrel girl <laughs> thoughts on any of the other kids thoughts on nancy the roommate i like nancy a lot <laughs> i love her obsession with her cat and that she talks to her cat and that the fact that she has smuggled her cat into college like breaks the ice for um, Doreen to bring tippy toe in and be like, I have a pet too, <laughs> and proceed to talk to it as well. Um, not realizing that it's a little different to have a squirrel than a cat, but you know. <laughs> Especially if when you talk to it, it actually understands and talks back to you. <laughs> yeah. That's so cute. Um, she's just... Yeah, I like Nancy. I like her obsession with knitting and her cat and that, she, you know, she's actually at the bank when 
um, this is a spoiler as well, when um, it gets robbed and is saved by the ginormous squirrel suit and she <laughs> notices that one of the squirrels on the suit has a little pink bow <laughs> and from that figures out Doreen's secret identity. Um, she figures out she's Squirrel Girl pretty quickly, so <laughs> which I like, and it just kind of subtly drops her like a cartoon hint that she knows. Um, and then Nancy gets to wear the squirrel suit, which is awesome. <laughs> I mean, Nancy just kind of rolls with it. Like it's, I think some people would freak out if their roommate brought in a squirrel and like found out their roommate was a superhero, but she just goes with it. So. Well, I mean, Nancy, Nancy's very obviously a weirdo too. Just, I guess, I suppose a more traditional one for lack of a better term. Yes. Um, I like all the villain appearances. I think I like Craven the best. He's amazing. His sad faces are so sad. <laughs> and he's another one that she's able to essentially talk out of the situation, which is great. Um, yeah. The dialogue's really cute in and this. The writing's really fun. Yeah, I, I mean, the, a lot. <laughs> the, the whole book just has a really wonderful level of energy that, mm. um, like, to, to my way of thinking, because um, some of the books that we read, I mean, because we only, we only look at stuff with female leads, mm -hmm. um, and some of it is very clearly written for a female audience. It's very much deliberately pulling, uh, assuming that shared experience from its readership. Mm. For this one, I think this is a case where I th I think assuming a reader does not have a hang-up about the idea of a girl leading, that it's equally fun and readable yeah. to, to anybody because it's just, it is so high energy. Yeah, very snappy and like witty and goofy yeah. and fun. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it appeals across the board in the same way something like Buffy the Vampire Slayer appealed mm -hmm. across the board. Like, yes, it's a female lead and that's important, mm. but it doesn't dictate everything about the book. I think when I discussed it with getting it with my class, the boys were actually more interested in it because they had heard of Squirrel Girl and they're like, oh yeah, oh. and I would be like, oh, here's some of the villains she fights or like... You know, her friends are like Tony Stark and stuff, and they recognize those names. So I think her being so immersed, um, immersed in the Marvel world is very appealing to both genders. Yeah, and and there are there are some fun little aside from the villain appearances. There's some fun little nods because whenever she runs into a villain who she doesn't know, <laughs> she pulls out these cards because it mentioned the extra artist credits, and they are Deadpool's Guide to Super Villains. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's there's one for Craven and there's one for Galactus and a and of course there, there's little on the cards there's little asides from Deadpool like on Craven the Hunters it at the very bottom is Deadpool's head and says call him Cravy he loves it <laughs> like oh Deadpool right. I think that sense of humor though that like tongue in cheek humor works well with Squirrel Girl yes. too though it suits her perfectly and mm -hmm. complements her personality as well. So. Mm -hmm. It does. It's, it's, it's just a funny bit of crossover because while Deadpool, I think, has a similar energy, it's, it's also very different on a lot of levels because mm. Deadpool is very meta and Deadpool is, <laughs> is more playing off of the absurd macho, violent <laughs> nuttiness of comics, whereas this kind of only has a toe in that pool. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, um, there's something else that I found really delightful about this comic, which some comics do, but I haven't seen a lot of these trade ones do. I mean, I haven't read a lot, a lot, a lot of trade ones from the U.S., but um, there are these little asides on at the very bottom on almost every single oh, yeah. page. Every single page has a tiny little, like, gaff to make about the either design of the of the page or the layout or like the a action that's happening that in the last page or, or like something. you know if squirrel girl says something about how you know like makes a portmanteau and she goes yeah it can be like that right right <laughs> these two things like in the future it's just it's these really adorable like commentaries just almost at the bottom of every single page and they're hysterical yeah it, i love that it's like the thing you would hover over your mouse in like a website or a web comic and like it appears yeah it, it, <laughs> it it's completely optional it's not essential but it, it, there is effectively a creator's commentary it's adorable running along the bottom uh, yeah i read it for i didn't like it as much yeah. it, it distracted me um i started reading it and then i would like get taken out of the action and the actual comic mm. and, and so I ended up getting really frustrated with it and being like no well, I'm not gonna read them it's but, not something that you really should read on your first read through it's something you, you should come back to mm -hmm. and and read on the second pass it reminds me actually have you guys read um the Sailor Moon comics um no they have a ton of little asides like that in those in fact I might have one that I could show you later, but yeah, like the Sailor Moon comics do it. I think Japanese comics do that a lot, where they just like have these little asides. <laughs> or like they'll make a comment and then really tiny on the side, it'll be like, right? <laughs> I'm actually gonna. I it's don't, very. It's got a very Japanese vibe to it. Yeah, I think. I'm making the assumption that the, that this sort of commentary was added for the trade and didn't appear in the monthly issues, but I actually don't know either way. We should find out. We should. <laughs> we will look into this. Yes. Yeah. I'm. I don't know. I'm a total. I like doing layout and sort of graphic design stuff, especially with comics. So that's the kind of like ridiculous details that I notice when I look through these things. I also like that they had alternate covers, and they have the cover art in um, the yep. back. So cute. I love the one where she's making the cake. I like the letters, too, <laughs> to the creators and everything. Yeah, and, like, they the are... pictures. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's really packed full for such a, like, mm. short book, essentially. These There's nice a lot compilations. Going on. Yeah, these compilations always have nice stuff like that in the back. I think the one other thing I need to say single single out because I love this and it's I guess it's issue four. So the the cover it's, it's Squirrel Girl versus Galactus. It, the very first page is is a summing up almost like um like some social media forum a quick summing up of what had happened up at that point. You turn the page and there's Galactus on the ground and Squirrel Girl on top of him taking a selfie going. Well, gosh, that wasn't so hard after all. And then it immediately goes to the letters page, which is always at the back of the issue. And then once you get through the letters, it goes, okay, fine. I guess it's not the end. And then they explain how she defeated Galactus. It's hysterical. Yeah. It's like, whatever, no biggie, selfie. It's so good. I just, I just love that it, that it builds up. Here comes the fight. And there was no fight. Yeah. Okay, fine. There was kind of a thing that happened. We'll explain. But she totally yeah. looks like Barbarella here, by the way. I just <laughs> want to point of. that out. There's also this like artwork 
a little earlier where she's like fighting these and tippy toe is essentially in like a glove <laughs> they have these she's in a glove a space glove <laughs> they have these fishbowl you know spacesuits on them now space at this helmets, point yeah. it's adorable yeah and t- tippy toes is just it's just a fishbowl on an iron man glove it's adorable <laughs> that's how tippy toe rolls in space <laughs> Her Iron Man suit. Oh, it's an Iron Man squirrel tail. Everything with like the Iron Man suit is just fantastic. It's pretty good. One for her, one for Tippy Toe. (laughs) Yeah, I like how I I don't know. There's there's a nice sort of lightheartedness to this. Yeah, I think you said spirit and humor Mm -hmm. like at the beginning of the podcast, and I'm like, those are two words that really like Mm. sum it up. Mm. Clearly, they love the comics, and but they're not like harshly making fun of the comics they love it <laughs> they love it all i yeah. love all the nods to college life too like yes meeting your roommate for the first time and kind of <laughs> dreading it and then going to this ridiculous like club fair and being worried about being late to your first class and it, it just took me back and i was yeah. like oh i miss all this ridiculousness and like all that like you can feel her stress and like nervousness about the first day yeah so i think anyone like who is in college or is getting ready to go to college can, or, you know, mm. who has gone through that can really relate. So. Mm. On a more meta level, it's also just about, like, accepting who you are and just rolling with it, which is something I really enjoy about a lot of the Marvel comics in general. It's just, like, you're a little bit different, but you still fit in. and It's the story of how you're, like, being yourself in the world, and I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, it's funny. I, I almost feel like if I'm going to sum this up at all, I have to circle all the way back around. Like whenever I, I try to explain to someone why they should read this, I just come back to she talks to squirrels and sings her own theme song. Like, what? <laughs> like do you need it? Do you need any more than that? <laughs> like, you, you probably like that. When when he explained that to me, I was like, okay, sign me up. I'm going to read this now. It's an excellent elevator pitch for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I guess I guess that'll about wrap it up on this one. Um, Juliana, thanks so much for, for joining us on this. Um, You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very happy. <laughs> <laughs> I love talking about comics. <laughs> well, I guess that'll be it. Thanks for listening, folks. Bye. We're Bye. not going to sing the theme song? <laughs> um, squirrel, squirrel girl, squirrel girl. girl. She's, She's a human and also a squirrel. squirrel. She can, can climb up trees. Yes, yes, she can easily. That's why her name is Squirrel Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yay! There you go. (laughs) It's so good. Eats nuts, kicks butt. (laughs) Eats nuts, kicks butt. (laughs) Punch Like a Girl is a Council of Geeks production. Feedback can be left at the Facebook page and at punchlikeagirlpod.wordpress.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at punchlikeagirl1. The theme music is composed and recorded by Erica Dreisbach, whose other works can be found at ericaricardo.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye!